You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, what is going on? As always, it is your boy, your host, Sosa Kermenjas. I am a fantasy analyst at PFF and your host here at the Locked On Rams podcast, your number one daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Rams and part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Do you guys have any fantasy football questions that you need answered before your draft? Don't miss Locked On Fantasy Live on Wednesday, August 18th at 9 p.m. Eastern, streaming on the Locked On NFL YouTube page. Subscribe right now so you guys do not miss it. Our stable of fantasy experts will answer all your questions live, so just submit them ahead of time to at Locked On Network on Twitter. Welcome to your Tuesday episode here of the Locked On Rams podcast. As always, I appreciate you guys for coming back to me here for another episode where we are going to cover your favorite team, the Los Angeles Rams, and we do have a little bit of breaking news, not all that urgent, but NFL teams need to get their rosters cut down ahead of time on Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern from 90 to 85, so every NFL team needs to waive at least five players And the Rams have already decided to do that, so we're going to dive into who they let go and what that means for their respective position groups. As well as the next two segments, I want to dive into some of the positional battles from the first game and actually dive into some players that maybe are standing out right now, are certain guys starting to win those roles, and we can dissect which guys might be a little bit ahead in the pecking order after that game, as well as which guys may need to step up moving forward. Now, I mentioned that the Rams did waive five players. They are officially, I believe, at 85, so no more cuts needed. While you guys are listening to this, of course, the roster cutdown deadline is approaching, 4 p.m. Eastern, like I mentioned. I, of course, am recording this the night prior, so it's already happened, and the Rams have waived kicker Austin McGinnis, linebacker Derek Moncrief, tackle Ryan Pope, outside linebacker Max Roberts, and defensive lineman George Silvanic, which does bring them down to 85 players. Now, why did these guys get released? It's hard to say, but I mean, you look at the kicker position, for example, the Rams know they're going to go into this season with Matt Gay. He's the starting kicker. There was never really a legitimate positional battle here. You need two kickers through training camp because you don't want to get your starting kicker's leg all drained out. He's got to be able to not be overworked. And so you have a second kicker who can be sort of a camp leg, as they say. And that's what Austin McGinnis was for the Rams. Now, of course, they had him in the training camp battle last year in the offseason. He didn't win the job. They brought him back onto the team later towards the end of last season. He misses his field goal attempt in his first preseason game. So not exactly the best showing. But the Rams were very settled in terms of who they have at kicker. It was always going to be Matt Gay, so unfortunate for Austin McGinnis, but hopefully he can find his footing moving forward, and that was an accidental pun right there. Sorry about that. Moving on, linebacker Derek Moncrief. Don't really know much about this guy. I know he got a little bit of run in this past game, but at the end of the day, a lot of these guys, they're just victims of the numbers game. You look at Moncrief at inside linebacker, Max Roberts at edge rusher, George Silvanic at defensive line. The Rams are very stacked up at a lot of these positions, of course, and then you have some of the other names that maybe weren't expected to play so well that suddenly developed out of nowhere. Guys like Justin Lawler, for example, Eric Banks at defensive tackle, Marquise Copeland, defensive tackle, a few of these guys like Jonah Williams too that only make it harder for some of these end-of-the-roster type players to try and crack the 53-man roster. So 
at the end of the day, Moncrief, Roberts, the two linebackers, one on the inside, one on the edge, they're just unfortunate victims of this numbers game. Now you look at the other side of the ball, the tackle position, Ryan Pope. This is a guy that I truly sympathize with and feel bad for. The Rams literally just signed this guy four, five, three days ago. I mean, I had an episode the other day talking about how they signed this guy. And a few days later, he's already waived. And I understand it seems weird. Why would NFL teams do that? I'm going to presume that the Rams just needed enough numbers at the tackle spot throughout that first preseason game, just in case an injury happened or anything like that. So of course, Pope was going to be one of the next guys to step up if an injury did occur. And now, of course, he's a victim of the numbers game as well. But I just feel bad for a guy like this because you legitimately don't have any chance whatsoever to even try and put anything on tape or to try and win yourself a position on this team. It's almost insulting to a degree where they hire you for three, four days, and then you're let go without any legitimate shot to make the roster. It's a brutal part of the business, and it sucks. And I really feel bad for Ryan Pope, but I hope that you know he can find his footing somewhere else because this is a guy that has really good length as a tackle. I've never seen him play. He's never really played in the NFL much, so a big question mark there, of course, and a guy that wasn't exactly highly drafted, but at the end of the day, you know, he's got a shot. Unfortunately, it doesn't seem like it's going to be with the Rams, but hopefully he can find an opportunity somewhere else and try to latch on to a different roster. The last name, George Sylvanic. I think this is the guy out of all of these players that probably stood out the most in the first preseason game, and it's unfortunate that he's already a roster cut, and it's really just coming down to the Rams having so much depth at that defensive tackle spot. Of course, we know Ashawn Robinson, Sebastian Joseph Day, Aaron Donald, Those are your top three guys. They didn't play. They're probably not going to play one snap all preseason. And then after them, you have Greg Gaines as well as Bobby Brown III, which gives you five defensive tackles already that are no chance going to get cut. That leaves such a small amount of margin for the rest of these guys. And we highlighted a handful of names that really performed well at that D-tackle spot after the first preseason game. Guys like Marquise Copeland, Eric Banks, Of course, Jonah Williams, like we talked about, Michael Hoyt, who I didn't even mention, and now George Sylvanic, he had a nice tackle or two in the backfield last game. I believe it was against run snaps and in run defense, but this guy, again, like the rest of the other players, a victim of the numbers game, and it's unfortunate, but hopefully these guys can latch on somewhere. There's still a lot of time, and for a guy like Sylvanic, at least, he had the opportunity to play in a game and go through an entire offseason with the Rams, the training camp period, the mini camp stuff. And obviously, he didn't cut it just yet. But this is not the end of his journey. Like it's not for the rest of these guys. They all have opportunities to go somewhere else, potentially make their marks. So hopefully, you know, they find their way around the league. Best of luck to these guys. And as it stands right now, the Rams do not need to cut anybody else. As far as I'm concerned, they are down to the 85-man requirement by the NFL which is good news because now they can go into the second game with a smaller and more trimmed roster, get the guys that they think have an actual shot to make the team some snaps, some more reps in practice, and that's going to make everyone better as well as the product. So hopefully we get to see a little bit more of these training camp battles and roster positional battles going into the next game. And of course, that is exactly what we're going to dive into in the second and third segments as well. I want to take a look at some of those positions that are maybe slowly starting to get sorted out, positions like cornerback, linebacker, wide receiver, and dive into how the depth chart might have changed going from prior to the first preseason game 
to now after the first preseason game, taking a look and highlighting who played well, who maybe didn't play so well. And of course, you guys can come connect with us on Twitter. You can find us at QB's MEP and at Locked on Rams. If you guys are into betting, I want to introduce you to one of our sponsors for today's episode called betonline.ag. It's football season. Football is completely back now. There's a bunch of other sports that you can also bet on, including MLB, NBA, NHL, UFC, and your MMA action. And of course, the granddaddy of them all, the NFL. You guys can go bet on weekly spreads, player props, futures bets. I've placed a few myself. Matthew Stafford for MVP this season. You better believe I did. Of course, odds maybe not that great, but the payoff is, and you guys should absolutely check them out if you do want to play some bets. It makes these games a little bit more interesting and exciting, especially throughout the preseason. So before the next snap, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. You don't need to sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their run to the 2021 NFL season. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back to the second segment here of this Tuesday episode of the Locked On Rams podcast. And I mentioned what we are going to dive into in the next two segments prior to the break, and that is the roster positional battles. And I want to begin on the offensive side of the ball. We can stick on the offense here in this segment and dive into the defense in the next one and take a look at some of the positions that I've personally highlighted as interesting, especially after that first preseason game, because the Rams aren't going to play any of their starters, presumably, throughout the next two games. So at this point in time, we're sort of just looking at, are there any movements across these second, third, fourth, even fifth string places on the roster? And I think one of the more interesting positions on the offense, of course, the running back position. Daryl Henderson, the starter, he's not going to play. Sean McVay has already mentioned that. After him, though, is where things get interesting, and everyone got some run in that game. Xavier Jones, the running back two, Jake Funk, running back three, Raymond Calais, running back four, and Otis Anderson Jr., running back five. I don't believe Anderson got much time at running back, but he did play on special teams and did have a punt return. Of course, Calais, a very exciting player on punt returns. He had a tremendous performance in the preseason game, returning three, four punts for big yardage. That guy made his mark felt on special teams. And then, of course, Xavier Jones and Jake Funk both got plenty of run as running backs, too. So is there any movement here? Do I think anything really changed? I don't think so. I think as it stands right now, everything still seems settled in this position. Xavier Jones, to me personally, showed the most ability to run the football. And I still do think he's probably the best receiver of this bunch. So still looks like the running back two to me. Jake Funk has that bigger body. He's probably the best blocker of this bunch. Didn't allow any pressure. So obviously that was a good mark and a good beginning for a guy who the Rams are probably going to rely on in pass protection this season. So good performance by him. Don't think anything really changed there. And then Raymond Calais, he's a little bit of the question mark. Now, didn't do a ton on offense, but I do think that this guy really showed off his chops on special teams. And if you're the running back four on a roster, you need to be able to contribute on special teams if you want to stick on a 53-man roster. And this guy did a tremendous job at that in the first game. I legitimately think with a performance like that, he could have easily etched his spot on this roster. Not to say that he wasn't going to make it before, but he is definitely going to make it very, very hard for Sean McVay and Les Need to really want to let a guy like that go. So nothing changing there. I think everything has stayed the same. The tight end position, 
depending on how you look at it, probably not much change there either. Tyler Higby didn't play. Johnny Munt didn't play. We expected those guys to be the tight end one, probably the tight end two, at least in a blocking sense for Munt. After that is where it got interesting because Jacob Harris looked like the best weapon out there on the field at all times. And it was not even close in terms of the battle between him and Bryson Hopkins. At this point in time, I don't think there's any question whatsoever about Jacob Harris and his status this season. He's definitely going to be the tight end two in a receiving context alongside Johnny Munt, who he mentioned probably the primary blocker at that tight end two spot. But is Bryson Hopkins even going to be the tight end three or tight end four? This guy looks like he has a better shot to maybe get cut as opposed to actually contributing this season. To me, it looks like a strict special teams role at best and nothing really more than that, which is super unfortunate because I think a lot of fans really were excited about seeing this guy. And I think the Rams obviously valued him too since they did draft him in the fourth round a year ago. But at this point in time, it looks like he is buried on that depth chart. And going into this game, I definitely expected a little bit more out of him. But you haven't heard a peep out of him in training camp. And now, even in the preseason game, not a good performance. I'm very worried about his chances in terms of being a contributor this season. And that is definitely one of the positions that I think had a little bit of shakeup after this game. The last position on the offense that I thought was interesting is wide receiver. And of course, the top four names, top five names, probably going to be no movement there. I'm talking about Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Deshaun Jackson, Van Jefferson, and then even Tutu Atwell. I think all of these guys are very solidified in what the Rams want to do with them this season. After that, it gets a little bit interesting because Ben Skoranek, I think was a guy that the Rams wanted to make the roster, but now with that broken forearm, is he going to be a guy that they can afford to keep on the 53-man roster? Is he going to go on injured reserve? Is he going to be a guy that they wave and try to bring back on the injured reserve list? Not 100% certain, but we're going to see what happens there. I think with that injury, it kind of opens the door for potentially another player to make his mark there. A guy that I'm looking at, Tristan Jackson, the guy who scored the only touchdown for the Rams this past game. I think he's got some decent route running ability. That Y-stick nod, that route he ran in the end zone was absolutely gorgeous. It was a double move, got wide open, got the linebacker to 100% commit to his outside fake. Just a tremendous route, but it's really going to depend because at the wide receiver six spot, you need to contribute on special teams. And if you can't do that, they're not going to keep you on the roster But he could be a guy that ultimately does stick around on the practice squad. And that's definitely a position I think that makes sense for someone like that. A guy that you want to develop as a route runner, as a receiver. And at worst, you know, you keep him on the practice squad and hope that nobody steals him. And at best, maybe a 53-man roster candidate. So I think there's a little bit of shakeup here as well. Probably a little bit due to injuries. But there are a handful of names that are still worth looking out for guys like JJ Koski, Jeremiah Hadel, Landon Akers all made a few plays in that game. So nothing settled there yet, but I definitely think that Tristan Jackson probably has the in right now to try and make that roster as the wide receiver six, but it is going to be a very tight battle throughout these next two games. It's going to do it for the offensive side of the ball. In the next segment, we're going to dive into the defense and take a look at a handful of positions there that are up for grabs. And of course, make sure to come back to us here tomorrow at the Locked On Rams podcast when our former host Brad Motter joins me to discuss everything you need to hear about what he thought about the Rams preseason game one contest against the Los Angeles Chargers. Folks, are you having any car troubles? I know if you own a car, you've probably went through the process of something random breaking on your car getting frustrated, calling up your mechanic. 
He needs four, five, seven, ten business days for it to come in. Insanely expensive prices. You don't have to deal with this anymore. You can go to Rock Auto, one of our sponsors for today's episode. They are a family-owned business, and they've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. They have everything you can imagine, I promise you. They have your make, your model, anything you need for your car. The list is truly never-ending. All you have to do is just go to their website and check out all their available parts. Amazing selections, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com and write locked on in their how did you hear about us so they know that we sent you. Do you know 85% of people who play daily fantasy sports lose? Is it really that surprising? The game is rigged against you. You're playing against thousands of other lineups, not to mention experts who have more tools and more time. You don't even stand a chance. Stat Hero is the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control and winning within reach. Here's how it works. Stat Hero shows you their lineups and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchup. You're finally in total control. Stat Hero is DFS the way it was meant to be, one-on-one. All you have to do, just go to stathero.com slash locked on, sign up for free, and right now, you can get three times back on your first play. They're giving you a 300% match that is unheard of. So all you have to do is just go to stathero.com slash locked on. stathero.com slash locked on. Betting on the NFL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. You get all your daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the final segment here of this Tuesday episode of the Locked On Rams podcast. I'm your host, Sosa Kremenjas, and we are going to dive into the positional battles on the defensive side of the ball in this segment. And I have highlighted a few positions that I think are interesting. I'm sure a lot of you guys probably agree. I have it first up, interior defensive linemen. We talked about it a little bit in the first segment. All of those big names are essentially locked in for the Rams. After that is where it gets interesting. Who's next up? Is it an Eric Banks, a Marquise Copeland, a John Daka, maybe a Jonah Williams, a Michael Hoyt? I legitimately think all of these guys showed a little bit in that first game. Everyone had flashes of very good play. And at the end of the day, I think it's really up for grabs. Now, there's not going to be much of a roster spot or many spots in general that are available to these guys because of how much depth the Rams do have at defensive tackle. But if we're talking about one guy maybe making the 53-man roster, maybe another player or two making that practice squad, there are some legitimate jobs to be won here. And I think a lot of these guys are absolutely prepared to put their best foot forward, at least according to that first preseason game, because they played very well. So I'm definitely going to be focusing on this position going forward. Is anybody going to be able to string together two, maybe three good games and give themselves the best shot to make this roster? Because this position, maybe more so than any other position on the roster, had a very, very solid performance in that first game. And all of those guys that I mentioned and highlighted, I think they all have a legit shot to actually top one another going into this next game. Linebacker being the next position, this one's a little bit tough. Of course, the Rams, like at many other positions, are very locked in for their first four, maybe five positions. But I think Ernest Jones really showed a lot in this game. Now, I don't think he necessarily performed tremendously well, But when you look at his ability to sniff out some of that stuff, like that screenplay, as well as his play speed, like this guy is going to play like his hair is on fire. 
that's the kind of stuff that the Rams drafted him for. They drafted him because he's a smart player above the neck. He has a high football IQ. He can get guys lined up. He's got great intangibles, and he showed all of these things in this game. I think it's more of a confirmation type of deal for the Rams where, yeah, you're going to have him lining up with the third, fourth strings right now because you're doing your vets a service by actually having them line up first and giving them the benefit of the doubt on the depth chart. But when you see guys like Ernest Jones put together games like this where, yeah, he made a few mistakes and he got exposed a little bit, but he also showed some stuff where, you know, you've seen it on his tape in college. He wins in certain ways. He loses in certain ways. And that's just the kind of player that he is. You look at a guy that I am reminded of when I watch him, Alec Ogletree, you know, very similar style of player in terms of, you know, this guy, he wins in certain ways. He loses in a lot of different ways too. And it can be a little bit head scratching and annoying, but at the same time, for every time he does something bad, he sometimes does something very good too. So I look at it in a similar light to that where sometimes going to be annoying, sometimes going to be good. But at the end of the day, the Rams drafted this guy knowing that. And I think he showed a lot in this game, not necessarily saying that he's jumping anyone ahead of him. The guys that did not play in Kenny Young, Troy Reader, Micah Kaiser, Traven Howard. But I think if you get another performance like that, maybe a second performance like that, there's a very good shot that we're going to start to see Ernest Jones climbing that depth chart pretty quickly. The final position I think that needs to be highlighted here is the cornerback spot or even the safety spot because it's a little bit interchangeable. And I think the two guys that started that game for the Rams, Kareem Orr, as well as Bronte Harris, kind of suggest that they are the next guys up in that cornerback room when you remove the actual starters, as well as the safety spots in J.R. Reed and Juju Hughes. These guys clearly look like the third or fourth string guys that have an outside chance to make the roster. And I think some of them actually performed very well in this game. The Rams clearly have a lot of talent in the secondary. And I think, like I've mentioned many times, you have to give them the benefit of the doubt that they can find guys along these positions that are legitimate contributors. And it looks like they're going to continue that trend because through the first game, a lot of these guys definitely stepped up. Then you see some of the other guys. The Rams just recently signed Donovan Olumba, played a lot of snaps for them. Jake Gervais, guys like Paris Ford, Troy Warner, they all showed a little bit in this game. But I think it's very clear that if the Rams do decide to carry maybe six cornerbacks or an injury occurs or you look at the safety spot, they decide to keep maybe five guys there, or again, an injury does occur, you have a chance to see guys like maybe Juju Hughes, maybe J.R. Reed, maybe a Bronte Harris or a Kareem Orr make this roster. That is awesome for these guys because they're putting their best foot forward. They're clearly developing at some sort of a rate that the Rams do enjoy and appreciate, and they're getting a lot of run. They're going to get many opportunities throughout these next two games to make their presence felt, to put some good stuff on tape. And again, like we've mentioned many times in this podcast, if you don't make the 53-man roster, it's not necessarily over for you. A practice squad job is tremendous. I guarantee you these guys are paid very well to be on a practice squad. There is no shame whatsoever in that. At the end of the day, you're one injury away from being promoted from a practice squad to an active roster spot. And that is all you can ask for as an undrafted guy that is putting your best foot forward and trying to make your name, especially as a rookie. That's going to do it for these positional battles. I'm going to definitely be looking out at some of these positions now going into the week two game. 
I'm sure you guys are going to be doing the same, specifically safety, cornerback, linebacker, defensive lineman. I want to see it all. It's so fun to watch these guys actually develop and compete against each other, trying to fight for these roster spots that are potentially available to them. Definitely something that is very enjoyable when it comes to these preseason games, as opposed to the outcomes and things like that, that don't really matter. So going to do it for this episode. I appreciate you guys as always for listening. Make sure to check back tomorrow when our guy Brad Motter joins the episode. He's going to break down everything he took from that first game between the Rams and the Chargers. And just a reminder, come connect with us on Twitter at QB's MEP and at Locked on Rams. And please subscribe or follow to get our latest episodes, content, breaking news, and a whole lot more.